Maybe you've done it. I know I have, but I can't really explain it. Why do we feel the need to wave goodbye? We've all been on Zoom for work and meetings during the pandemic. A longing for community. Maybe. Social media is full of chatter from people who just can't explain it. The Zoom meeting is over. You find yourself waving at the camera as you say goodbye. Others report talking loudly, leaning in close. It's awkward, maybe a bit embarrassing, but psychologists say it's a positive. It means we are creating community, valuing others' time, even replacing nonverbal cues that usually happen in person. Humans are social creatures. We make community wherever we are, even in cyberspace. It reminds me of Jeremiah speaking to Israel heading into exile. Make a life there, he said, because the Lord promises to bring you back. Jesus' promise frees us up to make a life and to love our neighbors. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're wrapping up a series we've been running all week called The Church in Early Days. What was it really like in those early days? As we've been looking at the early church in our weekday series, I'm struck by how similar their experience was then to our own today. They still struggled with sin. They still struggled with fear. And they still saw the Lord do amazing things through very humble human efforts. And one thing we're going to look at today in Acts 4 is how God's grace was powerfully working in their midst to create harmony with each other. It was truly like a family as they cared and prayed for one another. And I want us to be encouraged by their example today. Hughes Sullivan Old, a church historian who's now with the Lord, shared with me several years ago what the sweet fellowship might have looked like back in that first century church. The walk to church might have been taking quite a bit of time. And this was understood as uh, uh, a time for devotional prayer. But uh, the congregation would gather slowly. And some psalms might have been sung as people gathered. And uh, a good deal of time might have been given to uh, greeting one's Christian friends. One of the things that I think is great about the California church is having patios where one can have coffee and donuts or something of that sort sort of encourage people to get to know each other before church. And we also know that there were some Christians who would come and they might have had coffee longer and while people were singing psalms and uh, they might have still been having coffee when the law of Moses was read. And <laughs> people, people gathered slowly and the more devout might uh, uh, behave themselves properly. The early church had uh, this uh, realism about it, and uh, it was fellowship. Yeah, it was fellowship. Fellowship, yeah, and worship, and that was that was an important part of it. Now, isn't that encouraging for you to hear today? The early church fellowship together because they were family. Later in the program, we're going to hear more from the late Dr. Hughes Oliphant Old. But first, I want to invite you to get a copy of the Ode CD that we're offering to you today. All 14 of the songs on this album were sung by the early church some 2,000 years ago. I stretched out my hand. 
Episode number 37, sung by Fernando Ortega, called I Stretched Out My Hands. A little later in the program, we're going to hear all of Ode 37, entirely. These lyrics are powerful and were translated from the original language and set to new music in the 21st century with an ancient feel that'll lead you to a very unique worship experience. You can hear all 14 of the songs we've selected for you on this special CD that you can only get here at Haven Today when you make your gift to this listener-supported ministry. The music will touch your heart. Why don't you call us after the program at 800-654-2836. That's 800-654-2836. And if you've got a little time this weekend, head over to our website, and there you can listen to samples of all the odes on this special CD. You can also watch the video we posted and read more about how these odes were discovered. Our web address is haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And as I said, we'll hear another ode later in the program, but let's begin this Haven Today with a song by Keith and Kristen Getty. Oh, church, arise and put your armor on. Hear the call of Christ our captain. Say that they are strong in the strength that God has given with shield of faith and belt of truth. We'll stand against the devil's light, an army bold whose battle cry is love, reaching out to those in Call to war, to love the captive soul, but to rage against the captor, and with the sword that makes the wounded whole, we will fight with faith and valor.
Spirited hymn for the modern church. O Church Arise, Keith and Kristen Getty from their famous In Christ Alone album. I'm Charles Morris here on Haven Today, and I think we need to be careful when we read about the early days of the church. It's all too easy to look back and think of the Acts Church as a golden age, but we have to also remember that persecution was all the Christian church knew at the time. Here in North America, where I live, Christianity has exerted a good amount of influence. We've had Christians in high office, and that was not the case for the early church. They lived under constant threat of death, especially in Jerusalem, where it all started. But there's something beautiful about the church in those days. They didn't have power or influence in the ways we think of today, but they had Jesus. And he was all they needed. Listen to the end of Acts 4 as Luke, the author of Acts, describes how they lived. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Now, what a picture we have there of the early church. Living in harmony, providing for each other's needs, devoting themselves to the teaching of the apostles. But did you notice what the apostles were teaching? The resurrection of the Lord Jesus That's what the church has always been about. And if we are believers in Jesus, it's what we need to be about. The Christian life isn't about being a nice person or doing our bit to help the Lord accomplish his plan. The Christian life is all about Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection. We've had Dr. Hughes Oliphant Old on our weekday program all week. He was a church historian. It's been wonderful learning from him, but he was more than that. He was also a Christian. He had faith in the resurrection of the Lord. I want you to listen to his response when I asked him a question I ask so many who we have on this program. Who is Jesus to you? Well, at 77 years old, I'm beginning to think about the fact that I'm soon going to be finished with this life. And I repeat again and again. John 14, in my Father's house are many mansions. 
If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Well, I'd never thought of this ten years ago. But now, Jesus is more and more the person who is going to take me with him to his many mansions and receive me unto himself. It's funny, uh, who Jesus is can be very different as one gets older. And I often thought about the fact that, well, on this whole business of eternal life and uh, uh, the resurrection, you know, I had my doubts about it. But, you know, the funny thing was, I keep saying, well, when I need to know about that for sure, I'll be taught it. And so I'm beginning to find that out. A very significant experience of mine, the first year I was a pastor, was that my grandmother died. She died at the age of 99. And different members of the family used to sit up with her because she'd get uncomfortable in the middle of the night. I just remember, I, I began to realize how much scripture she knew by heart. And I heard her recite these great passages of Scripture. And I, uh, I think more and more, reciting a psalm like 42, 43, uh, together, two of them together, Psalm 121, Psalm 122. This is, uh, has an awful lot to do with my religious experience right now. What I'm working on is this book on Holy Communion. And more and more, I see Holy Communion as a sign of the wedding feast of the Lamb. And that's uh, very grateful. At the time when I needed to know about that, it's being given. The late Hughes Oliphant Old reflecting on the resurrection and how timely teaching continued to draw him back to the Lord. I'm Charles Morris, and this is a program called The Church in Early Days. When we meet Jesus, we become a part of this new creation, the world of the resurrection. And that changes us. It changed the early Christians, too. They were so convinced that they had an inheritance waiting for them that they were willing to sell all they had to provide for the needs of their fellow Christians. Now, of course, the Bible doesn't mandate this for all Christians, but the Lord does tell us to treat our money with caution. The love of money, greed, is the root of all kinds of evil. And the book of Acts shows us what this can lead to. And I'm thinking of Ananias and Sapphira. They saw Barnabas sell all he had to provide for struggling Christians. He was honored, so they decided to tell a lie. They sold all they had and gave to the church, but they pocketed some of the money. They wanted the recognition of doing something right without actually doing all that they said they had done. And in one of the more surprising stories in Acts, the Lord judged them by striking them dead. Greed leads to death. And that's what this story shows us. The church has always struggled with greed, with external acts of righteousness, with internal distance from the Lord. But the church has always proclaimed this resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and it's because of his resurrection that we can be saved. 
It's because of the resurrection that we get to praise him every day with all our lives. I think we better pray. Lord, as I come into the studio today and have a message from Acts chapter 4, we listen to the odes, we listen to a modern hymn by the Gettys. I'm also recalling how times can be so dismal sometimes, like now, how greed can take hold of even the hearts of every believer in Jesus. We want more than we have. We want what our neighbors already have. Maybe even sometimes we feel like we deserve what they have too. Lord, may we be reminded one more time that we are called by our Savior to store up treasure in heaven and not on this earth. And some of us are poor. Some of us are extremely wealthy. Some of us don't even own a home to be able to sell and give the proceeds or even part of the proceeds to the poor. But Lord, we have you. And you've given us our Lord Jesus Christ who came to earth to die for our sins, to set us free, and to give us a righteousness that we could never have on our own or by our own work or merits. Lord, remind us of that even today as we learn from the early church. In Jesus' name, amen. I stretched out my hands to my Lord And to my God I raised my voice And I prayed with the voice of my heart
Sung by Fernando Ortega, with music written by John Schreiner. That's ode number 37, called I Stretched Out My Hands. And I'm Charles Morris. You're listening to Haven Today, and the program's called The Church in Early Days. Isn't that exciting to hear the words sung by early brothers and sisters in Jesus? They, too, had much to rejoice over. And nothing has changed 2,000 years later. When someone meets Jesus and finds their sins to be truly and fully forgiven, there is much to be thankful for and to sing loudly about. I want you to enjoy the unique worship experience that we've put together from the Odes Project CD. With 14 hymns, including the one that we just heard, sung by Fernando Ortega. You can only get this collection from Haven Today. I know this Ancient music will reach your soul, and you'll want to share your Savior with others as you listen to it. So please pray about how generous you can be. We're approaching our fiscal year end next month and could really use your gift today. Remember, we are 100% supported by friends like you. But when you do call and make a gift, we'll send you the Odes Project right away as our way of just saying thank you for your gift. The number to call right now is 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or visit us on our website, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And make sure you check out the special blog post that covers the history of the Odes with insightful video and audio. I think you'll appreciate it very much. 
Just before we go, let me remind you this month that if you're like me, you can't make large gifts at a single time, but maybe you can support us in another direction if God has blessed you through this ministry. Why don't you pray about becoming a Haven partner? And that's someone who agrees to pray regularly, but also give automatically monthly to help us keep sharing Jesus. Ask about it when you give us a call or read about it when you go on and visit our website. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. For your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. I will never love that which my friend hates. That's a line from Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing, and it's a profound sentiment. How much more should we love what God loves and hate what He hates? At the very center of God's hatred is sin. The more we hate sin as He does, the more we will begin to love God. So although Ecclesiastes 3.8 says there's a time to love and a time to hate, it often happens at the same time. Loving God means hating sin. When we think about the cruel cross of Jesus, we realize how ugly sin really is. So look to him in faith and see how love wells up in your heart. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.